This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baby, back dope. Baby, fall off. Sipping codeine cause I gotta kill a cold. Let me sit sideways in the big bins. Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. The game may be over, but they are just getting started. Raw and unfiltered, this is the OU Insider staff, and this is the Under the Visor postgame podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast where Oklahoma just got embarrassed. Just got embarrassed 49 to nothing. The Red River shootout, rivalry, whatever you want to call it for the PC people. Um, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, we're literally freelancing this because. It was just that bad. Like, this is one of the worst outcomes. If you're an Oklahoma Sooners fan, if you're an Oklahoma Sooners coach, a player, that you could possibly have because of not just on the field, but in recruiting and everything. Like, this just looked awful. Now, I will say this, Parker, before we just go scorch earth on Oklahoma. Texas, for some odd reason, has been able to get their butt kicked by Oklahoma over and over and over like this. And has been able to recruit well, still. So, you would think being that it's year one for Brent Venables that there wouldn't be a ton of fallout from this, but I expect something to come of this, potentially something right like something but if Oklahoma ends up going eight and four seven and five six and six I don't know that a lot will because even the greatest of the great Kirby Smart um Nick Saban all started out like this right like they all had their struggles they all got their butt beat did they start out like this though because I don't know man I need to look at 2007 Alabama like I know I haven't been alive very long in comparison to a lot of fans of this football team, Brandon, and a lot of people who cover this football team. I have never witnessed OU play as bad of a football game all around today or play as bad a football game all around as they did today. And it's not close. It is not remotely close. Today was an atrocity, an embarrassment, a debacle in every sense of the word. That was not Oklahoma football that we watched. That is not the Oklahoma standard. And so much has been made of the Oklahoma standard with the advent of this new staff and the new era of OU football that supposedly dawned this past offseason. Whatever the Oklahoma standard is, I can tell you what it doesn't look like, Brandon. And it doesn't look like getting shut out 49 to nothing by the University of Texas. And a couple things here. One, 
two weeks ago, we sat here and said, well, it can't get any worse, right? And then last <laughs> week, we sat here and said, well, it definitely can't get any worse now, can it? Now we sit here a week later, and while I'd love to say, well, now it absolutely can't get any worse, do we know that for sure at this point? Because this team has just quit, man. They do not yeah. look inspired. They do not like they do not look like they have competitive fire anymore. They look demoralized. They look downtrodden. They did not play competitive football today for a second. No. And well. now you legitimately have to worry. And we talked about it leading up to this game. If Oklahoma ends up losing, you got to start having the conversation about the season tail spinning out of control. Well, we're there, Brandon, and they didn't just lose the game. They got shellacked. They've lost they've now lost three straight for the first time since before I was born. Mm -hmm. And they've been shut out for the first time since before I was born. This was a historically bad loss today. And yeah. you wanna know we're you gonna... wanna know how historic it was? You want me to go down how historic this loss was? Let me, let me I don't know if I want up. you to, but go right ahead. Yes. Let me do this for you. This was the worst shutout in OU history. This is Oklahoma's most lopsided loss to Texas ever. Oklahoma has allowed 49-plus points in consecutive games for the first time in school history. Oklahoma has lost their last four Big 12 games. That ties a school record. So this predates back to uh, one Lincoln Riley. Um, he kind of set the bar. The way they finished with Baylor, and I, I forgot who they beat, beat between Baylor and Oklahoma State, but who, who was it? Was it who was it they beat between Baylor and was it like West Virginia or was no, that who it was? Or? It was um it was um it was Iowa State. That's who it was. That was Iowa State. State. So outside of that. This this has been I, I honestly think this was coming. Like this was coming. When you look back at last year and you look back at this and you look what's going on this year, this was coming. Lincoln Riley bailed out. He bailed out. And I I don't I honestly like truth serum in him. I don't know that he even thinks Caleb Williams could have saved this team. Honestly. Well, and I think that's where you need to start with the performance today. Brandon is the quarterback play. Well, not, not even necessarily the quarterback play, but that's where everyone is naturally going to start because the Sooners threw for 39 yards in this football game, 39. But at the end of the day, we need to have the exact same conversation that we had a week ago, which is you could legitimately take your pick of anybody in the universe right now mm -hmm. and put them under center in this offense and they wouldn't win football games because of how bad this defense is playing. Yep. In the last three weeks, they have surrendered 511, 668, and 595 yards of total offense. What in the world yeah. is going on? That accumulates to 1,253 yards, by the way. Oh, it's more than that. Oh, that's the last two. Sorry, excuse me, the last two ball games. I'm sorry, I did Oh, by the way, Oklahoma, this predates back to 2021. This is this is like this is where the program was heading. And it, we all we all had a bell over our eyes. We all did. Three and five versus power five programs since 2021. The last eight, they were three and five. Okay, three I mean five. Okay, sure, but three of those losses have come in the last three games right but but they they were still like it, it, we saw it last year like we all called it last year we said if they can't get this defense with 11 freaking nfl dudes on it to play up to par and i'm talking about the whole team not just defense how is bb gonna do this and we saw all oh, because of Brent Venables, he's gonna do this. like we all said that and we were all fools for saying it, myself included. We trusted. We saw the first three games. We're like, look, see, this is how stupid Lincoln Riley and 
Alex Grinch were. Three games later, here we are. Foot and mouth. Just, it, 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 I don't know. Uh, and, and here's the thing. I've talked to people. I mean, you and I are talking off air about it. And it's a personnel problem. And they've got to fix it. Okay, they've got to and- fix it. That goes back to coaching. If there's a personnel problem, you fix it. So the coaches, somebody, I don't care if it's Brent Venables. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's Ted Roof. I don't care if it's freaking, I, I don't know, Jeff Levy. Stubbornness needs to go out the damn window and they need to start fixing it. Okay. They need to start I, letting the younger guys play. They need to, if you're going to lose, lose getting guys experience. Sure. And I'm with you on the personnel thing. I do think in terms of personnel, Oklahoma is disadvantaged right now. But sheer personnel issues alone do not get you beat 49 to nothing. No. Oklahoma's cast of characters is not that bad that they should be getting shut out and losing by nearly 50 points to Texas. I'm sorry, like, yeah, you can, I would say personnel can shoulder some of the blame for what went on today, but it certainly doesn't shoulder all of it because everything, and I mean everything, top to bottom, is a disaster right now for this football program. And the question now becomes, how do you fix it? Because the morale in that locker room is absolutely shot. Yeah. You saw my question. I asked that exact question, didn't I? Like, how do you, how do you keep confidence? How do you all as leaders keep confidence? And how do you show the confidence and help the younger guys to not completely quit on you guys and and keep trying? Because the second they see you guys down, they're going to be down because they haven't experienced this. I said it's new territory for this program, right? It's it's brand new territory. This has never happened before. This has never happened, at least, excuse me, it has happened before. Happened for four years in the 90s, and that's it. That's it. Nothing like this outside of those four years has ever happened before. And I don't think this is going to be a jump. Look, folks, everybody wants to say, oh, this is as bad as a Blake area. It's not. It's not. That was like consecutive years of just crap. Just crap. And I'll say this. We say the personnel's not all the blame. That's fine. It's a lot to blame here. And it's not because the talent's not there. The talent is there. The issue is IQ. Like I've said this for the last two weeks. The IQ of this football team is just like like sometimes I feel like there's like rocks rattling in there sometimes. Like the, the program, I'm not gonna name the player, but everybody can go back and look. Okay. This is how dumb this has gotten for some on the team. You call a fair catch, right, on a kickoff. Yep, that happened. Okay, Okay, it did. And then you try to catch it like you're an NFL player going out of bounds with two feet in. The ball is hovering out of bounds, and you still catch it. So you've, you've gained possession in bounds. You fall out of bounds. Yeah, you fair caught it. That's great. Move to the 20-yard line. What happens if they don't? That's 15 yards more if you just let it go out of bounds. Like, the stupidity. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with, like, the wins or the losses, but those little things, Parker, add up. They add up. And that's where you get this 49 and nothing bullcrap. Stupidity. you got players... Like, how many times did Quinn Ewers miss just wide-open dudes on the backside? It happened a lot. It did. And people that are watching television don't even notice it. We saw it because we were there. And, I mean, it, it, it was crazy. Like, there's they had, they went to a – they at one point, they were running a 3-2-6, folks. 3-2-6. Three safeties. Three safeties. So, Justin Broyles in there. They even moved DJ Graham back to safety at one point. And that's the play I'm talking about. They run a crossing pattern, and it's it's like a it's like a post cross, whatever. It's like 
it's a rounded out pattern more than anything. And everybody runs with that receiver, leaving another dude wide open. And everybody turns and looks over at DJ Graham like, why are you over here biased? You're supposed to be backside regardless. He's like, oh, and they're literally arguing with each other in the middle of the field. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Yeah, Trey Morrison and David Aguebu and, and Woody and Washington yeah, were, were just ripping into DJ Graham. And that's not the that's not the only time. Like Woody Washington ripped in about ten different people in pass coverages. Like that guy is a good safety. If him and Billy Bowman are back there, I think you're in good hands, Oklahoma fans. Woody Problem Washington is, we don't is just what... a good he's just a good defensive back. If you had four yeah. of Woody Washington on the back end, you'd be fine. It's his run fits kind of suck sometimes today, but that's because he's not used to doing those type of things that give him a week or two and he'll have this thing figured out. But the problem is, is they don't have a lot of Billy Bowman's and Woody Washington's back there. That's it. So you just took from the cornerback position and that's all you did. And that, that room's struggling just as much as safety. I, I don't know, man. Like, like we're just sitting here like going round and round. And, uh, and I'm sorry, I have to say one more thing. Offensively, WTF. Yeah, can we get into that? Can yeah, we start discussing yeah. that in great detail? Because what the hell was that? One foot it in, makes one no, foot out, as we were talking about. Yeah, like it if makes you're going to no do wildcat, go all in, go all in. But you didn't. You kept putting Bevel back there. You, in between the 20-yard lines, the 20 and the 20, both sides of the ball. They were moving the ball great with the Wildcat. You got to the 20 damn yard line, like time to put Davis Bevel back there and pass the ball. What? Why? Listen. Or or Brandon, try to run a zone read with freaking cement feet. Listen, Davis Bevel doesn't need to touch the field the remainder of the season at Oklahoma. Amen. He does not. Amen. He should not. And sorry, bud, but you don't. No, that's and you know how I know that? It's not because he played bad today. I'm not saying that because he played bad today, even though he played very poorly. I'm saying that because it's glaringly evident after today that the staff doesn't trust him to throw the football. No. For the vast majority of that game, there were tight ends and running backs taking direct snaps. It, That's called desperation. I, it, 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 it's not even desperation either. Because, like, here's the thing. We talked about it leading up to this football game desperation is you bring in Nick Evers and you let the true freshman go bombs away. You let him try and take a blowtorch to that Texas secondary because you have no better alternative. That's desperation. What we saw today was willful stagnance. That offense wasn't doing anything, anything, even when they moved the ball. And they got yeah. into Texas territory. They would eventually bog down because guess what? Texas would clue into the fact that they were running the same three plays over and over and over again. And they would start to tighten up. But they would still get first downs. That's the problem. It's they got a first down with the Wildcat every time they tried it. When they would get away from it and start going, okay, well, now we're going to run Davis Pebble with his own read. Why, 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 why? And and I'm sorry, there's another play, the fourth down play where he rolls out, right? He only has to get two yards. He rolls out. They basically just dared him. Just go get the first down, buddy. They basically were just ushering him to the – you remember what play I'm talking about? Oh, I remember exactly what play you're talking about. They were ushering him to the first down. And instead, he tries to pump fake, sets back up, pump fakes, and then starts running again. And everybody in the press box, everybody, even Texas fans are going, or Texas reporters are going, run, run. <laughs> like it was, don't like, oh my God. Again, back to the IQ thing, Parker. Here we go. Back to the IQ. It is just so lacking with several players on this team. Well, not just and, one, not just two. It's just, it's just, oh. And look, it is about, I, I think, at its core, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes more so than the X's and O's because clearly, I think we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point, the drop-off from Dylan Gabriel to every other quarterback on the roster is enormous. 
But right, but everybody how, around them is still talented, dude. That's yes, the problem. Yes, well, and that's that, that's what I'm getting at here is how on earth can you come out of the locker room at halftime down 28 to nothing and keep doing the exact same crap offensively that hasn't worked for the first 30 minutes of the game? I, and that's what that's where I got mad. That's where I got really mad is I was like, dude, okay. They weren't playing to win the football game at that point. I don't no, care how they try they, to spin it. They weren't no. they weren't playing to win the football game. So the Wildcat worked in the first half because Texas wasn't prepared for it, right? It's working, it's working, it's working. But then you would get away from it when you got to the 20-yard line, which still I I I have not got an answer from anybody why they did that. Why if it's working, you keep running it. Like that's literally that is what coaches are supposed to do. If the Wildcats working with Braden Willis or the, the gray cat is what I call the Eric gray. I call the Willie cat and gray cat. So if the Willie cat and the gray cat were working, you keep using them. You don't try a damn jump pass. You don't try a freaking, you don't move. Uh, Colton Bassett. We'll talk about him later. Uh, <laughs> you don't move bevel. In there and start running zone reads that you were running with Braden Willis and Eric Gray. It's, that's not what he does. That's not what he does, Parker. You keep running those guys. You keep running Farouk. You keep running whether it's Barnes, whether it's Gray, whether it's Willis, whether it's Mims. You keep running those guys because they're getting your first downs every time, right? You're just driving. You're going. You're going. You're going. But yet you think it's you got to be all cute. Now that we got down there, now let's start running our offense. No. Number eight's over there on the sideline, bro. Number eight's on the sideline. You can run your offense with number eight. And, yes, if Dylan Gabriel was in the game, games it's a better ball game. Oklahoma scores. They score. They score probably with the way Texas defense was playing and giving up stuff. I think they probably scored 20 or 30 points. But – Bevel's throwing freaking four-yard passes like like they're 20 yards away from him, like freaking bullets, man, on screen you wanna, passes. Oh, you want to you wanna know something? You, you go, you go, you go. I, you so go. I was standing on the sideline next to Matt Kemp for much of the game. Oh. And, of course, oh, no. of course, Matt Kemp uh, used to be a quarterback back in the day, is uh, much more well-known for being a longtime outfielder in Major League Baseball. A Hall of Famer, yeah. Well, yeah. I bor- yeah, borderline, 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 I think. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but Matt Kemp had plenty of opinions on <laughs> Davis Bevel as a quarterback, and I'm going to give you the sanitized version. One of the <laughs> things he pointed out was, "Gosh, how do I, how do I sanitize this?" Um. He well says the way full, the way the, the ball NC seventeen <laughs> the way the ball was coming out of Davis Bevel's hand the where the way it does come out of his hand Matt Kemp made reference to the fact that the nose of the football is pointed downward always and he said it's like uh, and I'm trying to remember how he broke it down uh, precisely but he said he's way too tight in his shoulder and the nose of the football's down. And so that's the reason why you see it going all over the place. And that's, I mean, these, these passes are not difficult passes to make Brandon. They're not. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't make them. And so on the one hand, I can't fault the Oklahoma staff for not trusting him to throw the football, but you weren't going to get back in that game unless you had somebody back there who could throw the football. So the fact that it took till seven minutes left in the fourth quarter to get anybody but Davis Bevel under center, what the hell? And not only that, if you're going to do the Wildcat BS for three quarters of the game, commit to it. And that doesn't... That doesn't just mean, as you've already referenced, Brandon, that doesn't just mean all of a sudden once you get into opposing territory, switching things up and getting away from the Wildcat. I'm more so referring to the fact that when they were in the Wildcat, 
Davis Bevel was lined up at wide receiver. So you're basically playing 10 men on 11 because everyone in the building knows that Davis Bevel's not out there to block anybody. He's not out there to catch a pass. He's not out there to do jack crap. So why is he on the field? Well, that notoriously when people run the wildcat like that, there's plays where you you do double throws and stuff like that. And yeah, I'm so sure do they one. had that. Yeah, they didn't do one. I'm sure, I'm sure they had it, but they just never did it. I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. But, I, you know, with the nose down reference that you talked about, it's, it's kind of funny you, you say that. So my kids at the, uh, the kids camp from Venable's kids camp this summer. And he's throwing the ball. And so Levy's like, hey, and just come stay with us, stay at the quarterback. Don't let you guys be doing anything else. And you stay quarterback. So they moved him up with the seventh. And he's a fourth grader, moving up with the seventh, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And Booty and uh Bevel were throwing with them. They were they were using it as time to work on their their throwing and all that type of stuff too, while they counseled the kids, right? And he threw in the ground several times. And I kid you not, from the mouths of babes, my 10-year-old walks over to me and goes, that's Oklahoma's backup quarterback? No way. Oh, boy. (laughs) From the mouths of babes, literally. Uh, But anyways, uh, and he he said that. He said that. And I was like, yeah, just don't say that out loud. So, But now I guess you can be said out loud because we've all seen – the uh ramifications of that um i mean Parker, i don't know man like, my, i think it my thing at this point is where do you go from here like yeah and it, it and it took brent venables and his players over an hour to get to the press conference podium after that game concluded and the thing I, I was left most curious about as we waited for them was what can he possibly be saying? Like, what can you say after a beatdown like that, man? This team is just so battered. Mm-hmm. They've been bitten by the injury bug. They're very conspicuously tired and worn down. They are they tired are... and worn down. Parker, I got, I told you this last week, remember? Yes, I told you. Remember what the this. source told me? Yes, folks, this isn't an excuse. But Parker and I can Parker can vouch for this. It came from a very good source, right? Very good source. There are people in the Switzer Center that are telling BV like, "Hey, these dudes are worn out. They have no legs. They're exhausted because they got put through the ringer during fall camp and have not had breaks yet. Most most teams have already had like days off on Mondays." or whatever throughout the season just to give their players breaks. And Oklahoma has not done that. And that's not to say BV is a bad coach because he's not. That's to say that he's a first-time coach trying to solidify his standard, and he's learning on the job. That's the unfortunate part about all this. Like He's learning his own method and way of doing things to the point where one of the greatest strength and conditioning coaches of all time said, hey, man, I think they're a little worn out. I think the guys are a little worn out. So you can almost guarantee after the Kansas game and maybe even this week, they may take Monday off. And if they do, fans can't fault them for that. Like these dudes are, they're just beaten, bro. Parker said it. They're beaten. So anyways, Parker, if you were going to fix this, if somebody said, give me three things how to fix this, what would you do? Uh, the Don't toughest part the toughest part Don't of this is the tough the toughest part of this is narrowing it down to three things right, right. because but, i mean the there are dozens things. there are dozens of things that need to be fixed right now i mean three most important things yeah i'd love to i'd i'd be real curious to put a thread up on the ouinsider.com vip board and ask what's one thing that needs to be fixed and just see how many different answers you'd get because there would be a lot um, I, if you don't have Dylan Gabriel available next weekend for that Kansas game, oh, he'll be available. 
Okay. And I, I, I believe that as well, but obviously nothing is ever a yeah. guarantee with concussions. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's true. Brent Venables did say some encouraging things about the progress he's made in post game, but you better hope Dylan Gabriel is healthy the rest of the year because whatever that was today never needs to be replicated again for any reason whatsoever. Um, You've got to have your starting quarterback at full strength because it is glaringly obvious that there is nobody else in the roster you trust to throw the ball, which is what a quarterback has to do at the end of the day, especially in a circumstance like you're in right now where your defense is a freaking sieve and you're going to have to put points up in order to stay in games. You've got to have Dylan Gabriel at full strength. You've got to have him a hundred percent. And he looked like he could have played today, the way he was going mm-hmm. through warm-ups, the way the ball was coming out of his hand. He was – bro, he was putting it on a dime on dudes. Like, we've watched yeah. him overthrow and do things in, in warm-ups, and he was he was spot on on every throw. Where maybe was that the, against TCU? <laughs> maybe no, don't, the, don't, 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 no, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. You knew you knew where that was going. Don't you dare. <laughs> Knock the cobwebs out. Is that what you're about to say? Oh, man. Uh, so three things to fix. Uh, how about start up front with the pass rush? Zero sacks now over the course of the last three games. I mean, they are getting no push up front. They are, they are putting no pressure on the quarterback. And so... Exactly. Go with the four-man front because (laughs) I don't know if you will find a single Sooner fan on social media, on message boards, anywhere that is actively defending the three-man front. Everyone concurs that the three-man front is useless at this point in time. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be able to generate a pass rush, if you want to be able to stop the run, which – OU has done a horrific job of as well over the last three games. You got to go back to the four-man front. It's a very simple, very tangible step you can take. So do that. That's step one for me towards fixing it. Secondly, you have to shuffle the deck in the secondary. And we've talked about that uh, earlier in the podcast, as a matter of fact. You need answers. And right now, There are certain guys in the back end for you that are not the answers and have proven to you time and time again that they are not the answers. The fact that you're playing your best cornerback at safety today, that's the first inkling of desperation. And Woody Washington, as we've talked about, is a good enough defensive back that uh, he can be a very viable safety option. But Mm -hmm. who do you play at cornerback? CJ Colton had a really nice game today. The Wyoming transfer, sixth year senior, he had an interception, Mm -hmm. and uh, it wasn't just the interception. He had some really good reps. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. you give that guy a little bit more run. Do you take a hard look at Gentry Williams? You maybe see what Kanai Walker's got. If you give him a little bit more action, you've got to find. He didn't touch the field, man. No, he didn't. Which is strange because he was on the field quite a bit last week against TCU. Mm-hmm. Can I, uh, Gentry touched the field. I think it was late in the game, right? Like he got out there late. Yes, yes, yes. And on kickoff and kickoff return and all that stuff, he's on. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's two defensive things. Offensively, stick with what works. Because at this point, we all have an idea of what works. We've all seen what works. We can clearly distinguish the line between what has worked and what has not worked. So mm-hmm. find what works and stick with it. Marvin Mims had one catch today for a loss of two yards. If he's not involved, hey, how how hard is it, Brandon, to just get Marvin Mims the ball on a screen? If you don't have a quarterback on the roster who can do that, well, I was going to say we saw we saw the attempted throw early in the first half when it like it skipped to him. So 
<laughs> I, I didn't know if that I'm was a rhetorical certain. question or you not. You can <laughs> dig up somebody. You can dig up somebody on your roster, quarterback or otherwise, who can come in the game and throw screen passes. But you have to find, even if it's the most facile, basic ways of getting your best players the ball, the Sooners actually did a decent job of this today with Jalil Farouk. Jalil Farouk had a real nice game. That's going to be they, one of my three. They schemed ways to get him the ball. You got to do that with Marvin Mims because he's your most dangerous playmaker, and I don't think that's a question. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. Farouk, Farouk might be up there, bro. That dude is special. Farouk is trending that direction, but in terms of resume, in terms of mm-hmm. production. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. I'm no, just saying yeah. that dude. that so, dude has a chance to just be downright special. And right now, the guys that have flashed brilliance at times on offense, and there are other guys that have been really good at certain points in the season, but the three guys that stand out are Gray, Farouk, Marvin Mims. Force Mm -hmm. feed those three, man. Let your best players make big-time plays. That's what it boils down to for me offensively, and... The straw that stirs the drink is Gabriel. I understand you are kind of hamstrung today with him on the sideline, but still. At the University of Oklahoma, it doesn't matter who is playing quarterback. You should not get shut out. You should not get shut out. The fact that over the last quarter century, you've had the likes of Cody Thomas, for instance, Star games at quarterback for the University of Oklahoma. That's what that looked like, by the way, and today. It, no, it did. It did. It gave me major 2014 vibes. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it's been that long, given some of the ups and downs, mostly in the early 2010s that Oklahoma has had at the quarterback position, that is damning stuff. And it just shouldn't happen. That's not Oklahoma football. And I know I said that already. It bears repeating, and it needs to be reemphasized. This is not the Oklahoma standard on either side Mm -hmm. of the ball right now, and it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable because, yeah, you have some personnel issues. Yeah, maybe the Jimmys and the Joes are not what you would like them to be. But there are several other programs right now within your own conference that are doing a whole hell of a lot more than you are with a whole hell of a lot less in terms of personnel and in terms of talent. No, you hit the nail on the head. People, and you're going to have plenty of people still, oh, this team's just not talented. Bullcrap. Bullcrap. If I I didn't have the Oklahoma Sooners on top of the, the, the roster, and I said, this is roster A, and I walked over, to all outside of Texas, maybe, to all other 10 or 9 or 8, whatever you want to, Big 12 programs. And I said, if I hand you this roster, will you take it or keep your own? They would take that roster in a heartbeat over there and say, see y'all later. Everybody else that's here, bye. We're going to take these guys over here in a heartbeat. So that right there ought to tell you everything you need to know about the roster at Oklahoma. Kansas at five and one would would flip with with Oklahoma. TCU at six and zero oh would flip with Oklahoma. Oklahoma State would flip with Oklahoma. As a matter of fact, they all all those guys offered all the guys that are at Oklahoma and didn't get them. And I, I would I would venture to guess there is a vast majority of players on the Oklahoma roster that Texas would take as well. And that right there tells you all you need to know, all you need to know about the talent. So I, I'm with you. Um, my my one, and here's this, y'all can call me crazy or whatever. This is how I, my secondary would be. And I'm going to throw the cheetah in there. Okay. I would have Kanik at cheetah. I ain't. You need to. I think at some point you've got to move Deshaun White back to linebacker. Uh, evergreen content 
Why did it take Jaron Canick so long to see the field today? It's always the beginning of the fourth quarter. Every game this year, it's been the beginning of the fourth quarter. Unless Deshaun White has been uh, kicked out of the game for targeting. It's always the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't freaking know, Parker. I don't know because every time he's in there, something good happens. The defense got better with him in there. Like, legitimately, it was better. And that just that's just weird. That's weird to me. Like it's you know in a, it's weird in a way that I know BV wants to bring him on slowly. I get it, but you can't. The cuffs, handcuffs, got to come off, man. Let the dude be a dude. Let the dude be a dude. So I'd have him at Cheetah. I'd have Gentry Williams starting at one corner. I'd have Kanai Walker at the other. My safeties would be Woody Washington and Billy Bowman. And I guarantee you there's Oklahoma fans listening to this going, thank you. And I I, I honestly might put CJ Colden in Kanai spot, honestly. But I'm talking, I, I, I'm I'm a coach now that sees this program needs to start looking to the future and start preparing for 2023. Take some lump, take whatever lumps you got to take this year. But do it because you've you're playing younger guys and not the older dudes that have been the same dudes that have struggled on defense with multiple staffs. Staffs change, the players stay the same, and the outcome stays the same. Why is that? It, it's a lack of buy-in, I think. BV can say all the buy-in bullcrap he wants. I don't buy it. I think there's I, – I know for a fact – from talking to people that there's older guys in there that just aren't buying in. You and I both heard that. And we this, both heard that. And this opens a whole new can of worms. And what I would say is, again, uh, this is just the reality. There being so many things wrong right now and so many mm -hmm. things that need to be fixed, but one of the things that needs to happen for this team is, quite frankly, some of those older guys need to graduate and they need to clear out. And yeah. until Brent Venables has the chance to completely turn over his roster to the extent that he wants to, you're only going to be able to do so much. And right. you're only going to be able to play so well. Because, yep. as you said, when you have older guys that have been wired to play a certain way. And not only that, but they, as you mentioned, aren't buying in. You can't really solve that. And if you yep. don't have experienced leadership on your defense, which they don't have right now, I'll say it. No, they don't. Um, That's the experience has if, been the issue all season. If yeah. you don't have that, then you're screwed. Hmm. And right now the Sooners seem pretty dang screwed. That's putting it very politely in PG. Um, number two for me would be uh, obviously this is with Dylan Gabriel in the lineup, and 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 not with him in the lineup. If you can find a quarterback that's able-bodied enough to make these passes, but if you don't get three and seventeen the ball out in space and just get them the ball, period. You're doing it wrong. Three and 17 and nine should be touching the ball constantly. Constantly. If number eight isn't turning around, handing it off to, to zero, 24, two, or 27, or 28, or 29, whatever Walker's number is, 29. 17, three, and nine better be touching the ball every other time. I don't care if it's a screen. I don't care if it's a pop pass. I don't care if it's a pop screen. I don't care if it's a fade, a corner, a post. It doesn't matter. Get those three the dang ball and let them just do work. Because every time nine touched the ball today and three touched the ball today, good things happened. Did they not? Like, Braden Willis is turning out to be a dude. And 
I I don't understand the the. I I just don't understand a lot right now because there's it's like going everything's going everywhere with this team. This so seems devoid of identity. It is. They do they do not have an identity on either side of the ball or in an overall sense. And so I get good. I to a certain extent. I think that's understandable, and I don't want to make excuses for them by any means because, like I said, this type of football, the level of football they're playing is inexcusable by any measure. But I think you do kind of understand it when you realize that I want to say the number is 36 scholarship signees from Lincoln Riley's five recruiting classes still on the roster at Oklahoma. So – you have a whole bunch of guys that came via the transfer portal or that are new to the system in some capacity. And there's just not a, there's not a lot of togetherness right now. And when you don't have togetherness uh, and you don't have leadership, and I don't think it's that the Sooners don't have leadership. I just don't think they've got the type of leadership that they need yeah. for the type of football team that they are. When that's the case, then you're not going to have an identity. And that's the endemic issue across this roster mm-hmm. right now is that these guys just like they're, they're not gelling. They're not gelling and the team doesn't have an identity. And you're getting real close to sink or swim territory because if things keep spiraling out of control like this, you might not make a bowl game, Brandon. Dude, it seemed absurd. Crazy. It mm-hmm. that would have seemed like an absurd possibility as recently as three weeks ago. But here we are. And this team's just playing bad football. Bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad football. Ah, jeez. I'm like watching this Alabama AM thing. And I'm just watching it like they run the same fronts that Oklahoma does. They do the same everything, but they're just built different across the board. Like you can tell that the defense was that Brent's running with right now was recruited for a different style and not his style of defense because him and Saban run almost the exact same type of defense. And I think it's just frustrating to watch, man. I mean, like, take the media part out of it for me and you, and as a fan, it's frustrating, right? Like, it's it's annoying. So, uh, but yeah, the identity part, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I just – I like I said, I don't know, man, because it's just – they've got to figure it out. Like, they have to figure out identity. And, and who are they? Like, are they – as a defense, like offensively, the identity's there. When when DG's in, you know the identity. Like they're gonna be speed up, hurry up. They're gonna run the ball as much as they can to to Gray, Major, and and uh, Barnes. And they're gonna try to get the ball to Mims a lot, but they need to do more getting the ball. Like I said, to Willis and Farouk, they just do. Defensively. Are they three-man front? Are they four-man front? Like, I get being multiple. That's fine. But you're not even being multiple anymore. If you call moving into a 3-2-6, which they did at times today, they had three safeties out there, I just – I don't think that's it. I don't think that's the right call. I think you have to be multiple if you're going to be multiple and not just be a three-man front. Multiple means you run multiple fronts. That's what multiple means. Doesn't mean multiple uh, coverages because everybody runs multiple coverages. Multiple means you're three man, four man, five man, two man. Like it does. I mean, that's what multiple means. They've been just three man. That's not multiple, Parker. That's not multiple. They've lost that identity. The first three damn games of the season, they did that. And they got to the quarterback and they were like top three in the country in sacks. Now they don't, and they don't have the personnel to do that. They have the talent. They don't have the personnel. 
top three in the country in sacks. Doesn't that feel like forever ago? It feels like forever ago. It does because I don't know what what this is. So number three, I would say, is what I was going to say. You touched on it. Get a dang identity. Figure out who you are defensively. Go to the four-man front if you have to. Four-man front worked today. It worked today. When they went to the four-man front, the players got better. That, that's all. That's, that's it. I, I, there's obviously more things we can say that they need to do. There's a laundry list of things they needed to get better. But those, if you do those, you're going to win more ball games if you just fix those three things. And it's easier said than done. I know that. So real quickly before we close out, Colton Bassick, does can he I, decommit? Can I add one thing before we go ahead to recruiting? Good. Because yep. this is just something that I've observed being down there on the sideline as I am for every one of these games. Yep. Man, this goes right hand in hand with everything we've talked about, but there's no emotion on those sidelines. There's none. There's none. It's a funeral. It's what it feels like. If there weren't crowd noise, man, you could hear a pin drop on those sidelines. It's just quiet chatter. There's no, there's no life. There's no vibrance. Do you think they just quit? Do you think they've just quit and like they're tuning everything out at this point? You hate to say that six games in, by the way. You do hate to say that, and you hate to Mm -hmm. believe it. And I really don't think they're there yet, but I think they're treading in that direction rapidly. Like this, this thing's snowballing out of control, and they need to stem the tide. And the only thing that's going to help at this point is leadership. And that has to start at the top. That has to start with coaching. Because if the coaches aren't setting the tone and making it easy for the veterans and the more vocal individuals on that sideline to inject some life into their teammates, then you're not going to fix these issues. And and you're going to struggle with the exact same things that have plagued you over the course of these last three losses. But with that... I yield recruiting. By the way, Bryce Young is not playing in this game right now. He's not. I know he started. Did he come out? He's not in there. They're playing Milro. Interesting. Very. I wonder why that is. Okay. Um, he may have tried to go and he probably just couldn't do it his shoulder um so many of colton vasic rumors you know so um so does colton vasic stay because all the rumors you know everybody's flying around with that stuff on twitter right now the likes all that type of stuff. Does he stay with Oklahoma or does he go to Texas? It's real hard for me to be optimistic right now about anything, Brandon. Right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, I man. I, I mean, you'd like to believe so mm-hmm. because he has said all the right things, but 49 to zero is 49 to zero, man. That yeah. was not a good look today for Oklahoma, just in general, and particularly as it pertains to that recruitment. But you and I both, you you listened to the conversation I just had with the, one of the main 2023 recruits, um, and they were at the game, and they said that everybody assumed Oklahoma was going to get beat like that. All the recruits did, commits, recruits alike, because of how down they were going into the game physically health-wise and i think that i think there's some silver lining in that because recruits aren't stupid like they get it they get that oklahoma doesn't have a jackson arnold waiting in the wings like if they had a jacks if oklahoma trotted out jackson arnold after he was early in roll lead and dylan gabriel gotten hurt I honestly think they might have a chance to be fairly competitive in that game. 
But that's not the reality we live in yet because he's not on campus. And when he gets on campus, I wouldn't be shocked to see if he competes for a starting job, even if DG returns. I think that's that's I think it's realistic. I don't think that's out of the question. I think the one thing I I, I didn't bring this up earlier, but if you were gonna go Wildcat, like literally, and you wanted to have like a pass option, where was Micah Bowens and all this? Four four guy, it's ran the zone read all of his life, can throw. If you're gonna go helter skelter, you might as well go helter skelter with the speed demon that can throw. Oh man, I feel like I feel like just about anything would have been superior to whatever that was as far as their right. offensive game plan today. It was bad, yeah. man. Yeah. It was bad and it accomplished nothing. Oklahoma had 195 total yards of offense. Yeah, pathetic. Pathetic. All right, so real quickly before we close this out, back to the recruiting real quick. That was just a random thought in my head, by the way. We totally went in this, folks, with no script because we were going to be like Oklahoma. They're not going to script the game. We're not going to script the podcast. And there was no reason to script because everybody knew what we were going to talk about, how crappy the game was. Uh, but if I gave you over under two decommits in this class before National Signing Day, you taking the over or the under? I'll take the under. Am I, I being too optimistic? Maybe. No, but no, I don't think you it... are. I think I, I think everybody knows. You just heard it. They all know that they don't have BB doesn't have his dudes. And they've all said that to you and me before. He doesn't have his guys yet. They could lose one. We're his guys. They could yeah. lose one. They could maybe lose two. You're not yeah. gonna see a mass yeah. exodus. Because here's yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oklahoma is far from the only program that is struggling right now. Mm -hmm. Hey, take, for example, Michigan State, the school that's got a commitment from the four-star edge rusher right up the road. They're two and four right now. Yep. Right? So it's not as if Oklahoma's on Struggle Island by themselves, right? There right. are other teams that recruit at a high level that are experiencing similar difficulties in terms of winning football games. Miami, what generally contributes, yeah. What generally contributes to a mass exodus is the loss of a coach or coaches. Mm -hmm. And I don't get the sense. Any of Oklahoma's coaches will be, I, 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 I will say this. I will say this. And I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, Brandon, you remember when James Gallagher was president at the University of Oklahoma for a year. Mm -hmm. What did he come in to do? Didn't he come in to kind of reset everything? He was basically a fall guy. Yeah. He had enough money that he didn't have to care about his reputation. He came in, did all the dirty work to make sure that the university was back to budgetary viability, and then was done after a year. Mm -hmm. Is that Ted Roof? Is Ted Roof James Gallagher? Is yeah, he the I guy don't know. Gonna, I, is he the guy that's going to be Brent Venable's fall guy? He is not going to be on staff next year. And I thought that just all you have to do is go look at his resume. And he never stays anywhere for more than two years, three years at most. So I, I honestly thought this whole time that he was a one and done. I thought he came here with his kid. He was going to help set some things up and then out. And they were going to go find somebody else. Yeah. Well, that's who do you find though? Who do you, who do you go get? Bring my right, suits back. I, I, here's the, here, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I don't think you go get anybody. I don't think you hire a defensive coordinator because no, I think Brent Reynolds needs to do it. Yeah, exactly. I think people need to understand and I don't think there needs to be any ambiguity about it because I guarantee you there is right now in terms of the perception. There are people, and this this is a conversation that will already be, or if it's not already being had on the internet, it'll be had before long. Is this Brent Venables' defense or is this Ted Roof's? 
Now, I think you're totally talking about what we talked about off off before we started this podcast. I'm not going there with that. Y'all can take that for what you will. But go. Wait, did did we talk about this? You not remember? No. If if this and I said he doesn't want his name stamped on this. Okay, yeah, hang on. Tracking. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I think Ted Roof probably becomes the Vol guy at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. You cut bait with him, it appeases the fans, makes them feel as though meaningful change has happened. And but what what position do you hire back? Now you you've got a you hire a, a linebacker open. coach. You hire a linebackers coach. But Brian um, Venables is a linebacker coach. I understand that. But what I'm saying is Brent Venables needs to be the one calling the shots on defense because mm-hmm. I think people need to understand without a shadow of a doubt, this is Brent Venables' defense. If this thing goes up in flames, Brent Venables is the one that's held accountable. But if it excels, we all know why. And it's because mm-hmm. there's nobody else's fingerprints all over it. It is strictly a Brent Venables special. So and- – Right now, it's Ted Roof special. I mean, yeah. folks, it is like he's 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 he. Brent Venables, the first few games was calling a lot of the plays, and then he took a step back. And <laughs> correlation has, is has not helped. necessarily equal causation, but yeah, he took a step back and he's letting guys do their jobs because he has to manage both sides of the ball. He's trying to find his place as a head coach, and people need to understand that. Like so. He's not doing the calls like you normally like you saw the first few games where like Brent was running up and down the sidelines and doing the calls and doing all this, 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 and this. And that stopped. It just stopped. He just sits over there with his arms folded, watching it like Bob Stoops used to. Remember that? Where he like kneels down and puts his hands on his knees. Remember that, Parker? Yes. Like, so does that not look very similar of what how Bob stood like? one foot in front of the other with the arms closed or he got down on his, he does, he's not the, the, the same BV as when he's making the calls on defense. And I think that probably needs to start happening again. I, I don't, I don't think roof needs to take that as a slight, like, look, bro, maybe it, it is my defense. You're running my system. There, nobody knows it. Like I know it. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. I mean, look at good one at Clemson. They're not the same defense without – they're running the same system, but they're not the same with all those great athletes and D-linemen. They're not the same without BV doing it. So why – I don't know. I know he's trying to find himself, Parker, and I think that's part of the identity lapse is that BV's trying to find his identity too as a head coach. Yeah, well, (laughs) it's it's a process – and it's a it's process, a process that quite conspicuously sucking. is a long way from being complete. And mm-hmm. there are there are more growing pains on the way. It's what it seems like. Yeah. Does DG's back if he's back? Well, okay. If he's back next week, does Oklahoma beat Kansas? Real quick. You can change your mind on the next podcast. I don't care. Whatever. This is just off the cuff question before we close this podcast out. If DG's back, I think they win the game. Yes. I agree. I agree. If I think things back, are going to. No, I do not think they win the game. Uh, I agree with that too. I think things are about to get flipped on its edge. I think. I don't know. I've just been talking to people like last week was just like, okay, we're going to get this thing fixed. That was bad, but you know, everybody got injured. There was like an excuse to like lean on. This week they were just. I think. I think this was needed. They're so embarrassed. I talked to several people around the program. And uh, yeah, it's it's almost dejection slash pissed off slash if we don't find fix this problem quick, heads are gonna be rolling, is what I was told. So, all right, that's gonna do it for this version of the OU Insider Under the Visor Seniors Post Game Podcast. We got a lot of recruiting notes and everything coming on OU Insider VIP. So if you're not signed up, sign up. It's one dollar for the first month. afterwards, $75 for a whole year where you can get Texas A&M, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, whoever you want and all of college football. You can go look at their board too. That comes with the package. Plus you get all the national media 
uh, Steve Wolfong, uh, Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, Brian Doan, all of them will be on our board putting up recruiting notes and all that type of stuff. So we're going to have recruiting notes coming over. Parker's got some coming. Uh, he was out at games this week. I posted mine up before the game this week. Uh, but, I mean, we're going to have a lot of news, team information, all that stuff for you. So if you're not signed up, sign up. If you don't want to, you're missing out on a lot of good behind-the-scenes information one way or the other. So hope to see you there. If you're not also listening on this on the YouTube or watching YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Because we've got a lot of content coming. Uh, and also, if you can give us a like button, give us five stars on any, whatever platform you listen to this podcast, we love it. Uh, but thank you guys, Sooner fans. I know you guys are struggling. We know, Parker knows, I know, like, we get it. We're with you. We're one with the fans. We've asked the tough questions. We got some answers today. Are they good enough? Probably not, but we trying. We're trying. It doesn't change the outcome, but we're with you. We feel for you all. Sucks y'all are going through this, but hopefully it turns around soon. We're with you. All right. For Parker Thune, my name is Brandon Drum. That's going to do it for this OU Insider Under the Visor Sooners postgame podcast. You guys have a blessed day. all-star-studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.